0: Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf Kuf. We're starting five lines from the top. The fifth word on the line. Today's shira sponsored by Yaakov Ben Rivka. He should have atzlacha in everything he does. The Gemara says al gabayayin machlekes Rabbi rabbonon. If there's oil on top of wine and a person scoops up some of that oil, is he going to be chayav on Shabbos? That's machlekes between Rabbi Manur and the rabbonon. Did not we have a Mishnah al-shatzaf al gabayayin? We have Shemel of Truma that's floating on top of wine of Truma. V'nagot ful and a ful yem Someone who went to the mikveh today, so he's tar. In in some aspects. However, he still has the ability to passel Truma. So he touches that oil. He's only going to passel the Shemen. Rabbi Yechem and Nuri says, both of them are considered connected. So according to the Chacham that he only passels the oil, that means that the oil and the wine are not connected. Therefore, when he scoops up some of the oil on Shabbos, he's not making a real Akira because the shaman's not resting on anything. Whereas according to Rabbi Nuri, where the oil and wine are considered connected, and when he touches the oil and he passels it, he's also going to passel the wine, so too when he scoops up some of oil on Shabbos, it's considered as if he's making an akira and he would be chayev. Amr Abai says, Bar Bashashasarabim, we have a pit in a Muka Asara, it's 10 deep, or Chavashmaina, and it's exactly 8 tvachim wide. Vizarkal Sech Machtselas, and he throws a mat into it. Chayev, is Chayev, because it's resting inside this pit. Chilkum Machtselas, let's say he bisected the pit. He split it in half with this mat. He placed the mat inside this pit, standing up. So now it's been split into two pits that are 10 tvachim high, but not 4 tvachim wide each. Putter, then he's going to be putter. The Gemara says, Le Abay to that we had mentioned his opinion at the that he understands that this says, Matt is going to be de mechitza, meaning it's going to nullify this status of this pit being a roshosah yachid because now we don't have a 10 by 4 at all. so For sure, when we take a chuli, we take this clump of dirt and we place it into this 10 tafach deep pit and now it's only 9 tafachim deep, it's going to be considered that now there's no tafachim anymore and this pit is not 9 tafachim anymore. The relevance this has is to the question that we had posed yesterday if we have a pit that's exactly 10 by 4 and then someone takes a chulia, a clump of dirt and places it inside the bottom of this pit effectively creating it to be 9 tfachim deep so do we look at it as if, if there was first a hanacha of this chulia and then the pit was decreased to 9 tfachim but he would still be chayiv because he placed something into a pit that's 10 tfachim or do we say no, first he decreased the size of the pit and then there was a hanacha and then he wouldn't be chayiv. According to by this fellow Reputter, he takes his mat, he places it inside this pit, decreasing the size of the width of the pit so now it's not a 10 by 4 anymore, let's say it's a 10 by 3, and therefore he wouldn't be chayv, but the Gemara continues that he wasn't so sure how to paskin in the case of the chulia, in the case of the mat, pshita Mavatla mechitza, for sure the mechitza is not considered a bottle, and the pit is still considered a full pit, why? Because the case of the chulia, since you were placing this clump of dirt there, and you had intent to be mavat like nullify it completely to this pit, so he wasn't so sure, does the decreasing of the pit happen first, or does the hanacha of this chulia happen first, but in the case of the mat, that you're not being to the pit, you're gonna eventually take it out of the pit. So for shorts, sure consider it as if you're just simply placing it standing upwards in a pit and you would be chayv. The Amar says Arba. You have a of Shasurabim, It's ten deep and four wide. Malaya Mayam, It's full of water. Vizarklesaycha, and you throw something into it. Chayev Yurchayev. It's not considered like it's filled with anything. It's still considered a pit, which is ten by four. Malaya Paris. But if it's full of produce, Vizarklesaycha, and you threw something into it, Puter you'd be My time. Why is this? mevat le Mechitzta. Water is not going to be mevatle, the Mechitzas of the pit, and it's still considered like it's a ten by four. But Paris produce Leimavatle are going to be mavatle the It's not considered like it's 10x4. 10 by 4 we're talking about in a case where he has the produce in this pit and it's meant for storage so he's going to leave it there for a long time we have a brass like this someone throws something from a sea which is a caramelist into a srati which is a highway which is a or from the highway into the sea potter he's potter because he's throwing from roshasurabim to a caramelist or vice versa says if in the place that he threw it into meaning the sea there's a place that's 10 by 4 deep so he's chayiv, even though he threw this object into the sea, if it floated downwards and rested inside a 10 by 4 ditch, he's chayiv. Why? It's not considered like he threw it into a anymore. It's considered like he threw it into a shusayachid. And even though there's water in this pit inside the sea, nonetheless, water doesn't fill up the mechitza of the pit, and it's considered like throwing something into a shusayachid. And we've already had this mission previously a few times. Hazark arba amas someone throws an object for amas onto a wall. Lamalam asara if it hits above 10 tevachim, kazark ba'avir, it's like he's throwing it in the air. Remember, 10 tevachim above the airspace of the rabim is considered makam pator and he's pater. Lamatam if it's below 10 tevachim, ba'arats, it's like he's throwing it on the ground and he would be chayiv. And hazark ba'arats, arba amas chayiv, if someone throws something for amas in the rabim, he'd be chayiv. And the Gemara says, if he threw it on the wall, it never rested on the wall, he threw it against the wall and it bounced off and then landed. Why would he be chayv? Or a potter? The Gemara says, We're talking about a fig cake, which is very sticky, so it's stuck onto the wall. If it's above ten, potter. If it's below ten, he's chayv. And then the Gemara says, He threw something above ten and went and rested in a small crevice. Is this very, very small crevice that's not four tefachim wide. Now we've Arrived at the machlekes between Rav Meir and the Rabbanon. The Rav Meir, according to Rav Meir, the Amr, he says, lahashlim, that we carve out to complete a shir, machayv, the person wouldn't be chayv. The Rabbanon, Banon, according to Rav Banon, the Amr, they say, Ein lahashlim, we're not going to carve out to complete a shir, Loy he wouldn't be chayv. What's going on over here? The source of this machlekes the Rav Meir and the Rabbanon is an Erevin. An opening must be ten high and four wide in order to be chayv and in a it's considered a Pesach. Rav Meir and Lecham argue in a case when we have a rounded archway that's ten tefachim at its peak, but it's missing the 4 full tefachim width and ten tefachim height in the corners because it's rounded, not square. So Rav Meir holds Chaykeken, that we conceptually carve out the remaining amount, and therefore the doorway is going to be chayv, to have mezuzah. Whereas Lecham argue, they say no Chaykeken, we don't conceptually carve out this amount, and we don't have a doorway that's exactly ten by four. So it's the same thing here with the wall. Rav Meir conceptually carves out this little crevice that the item landed in to be four tfachem wide. Therefore, the fellows chayv for throwing something into Roshul Suyachid. Whereas Lechamim, don't say chaykakin. there's no conceptual carving going on over here and the fellow's going to be Pater. And the Gemara says, we have a brace like this. He threw something above ten tfachem and went and rested in the small little crevice. We have a mound which is sloped and it slopes up to ten tfachem high within four Amis, vizark v'nochal gabav and he threw something and it rested on top, chayv, he's gonna be chayv. Now, a mound which is ten by four in the Rosh Hashanah is considered Rosh Yachid, we already know this. However, if the walls leading up to the height of 10 Tfachim are sloped, then it's gonna depend whether or not it's actually Rosh Yachid. Only if the walls are sloped at a steep enough angle that it's inconvenient for someone in the Rosh Hashanah to walk up them, then the mound is considered Rosh Hashanah. The measure given in the Gemara is that it has to reach this height of 10 Tfachim within four amos. Then the incline is too steep and it's Rosh Hashanah. However, if the incline is so gradual that it only reaches the height of 10 Tfachim after more than four amis, then it's not considered inconvenient to walk up it and the entire mound is part of the Rosh Therefore, the Gemara says this, tell Amos if it's Asarim, Heuch arba ten twachem hai, within four amois, then a person's going to be chai for throwing something on top of it. The Gemara says, We have a brassel like this. A mavoi that's level on its inside, but then it slopes downwards towards the Rosh Hashir Or it's level with Rosh but slopes downwards towards its inside. So This mavoi doesn't need a lechi or a kaira to permit you to carry it with inside. We know that a mavoi is an alleyway into which several houses and courtyards open into. This mavoi, opens up into the Rosh Hashanah if it's enclosed on three sides. So, Midar so you're allowed to carry with inside it. However, the fourth side needs to be enclosed with either a kaira, a crossbeam, or a lechi or post to allow you to carry within it Midar So, our Reis is describing two separate cases where a Mavoi and the Rosh Hashanah next to it are on two separate levels but connected by a slope. In the first case that we say, the Mavoi itself is level with Rosh Hashanah but its entrance is Tent Fachim above the Rosh Hashanah and the slope runs from the Mavui's entrance down into the Rabbim. The second case, the Rabbim is 10 to above the Mavui, and the entrance to the Mavui is even with it, but a distance of either an ama or half an ama inside the entrance, the floor of the Mavui begins sloping downwards into the inside of the Mavui. So to make a long story short, we have a mavui and Rabbim that are connected by a slope. So it doesn't need a lechi or a kaira because the slope itself is considered a wall that is a separation between the mavui and the Rabbim, So it doesn't need a lechi or a kaira to create that separation. And the gemara concludes we have the sloped mound. Asar arba. If it slopes up to the height of ten within four amos, Bizark venochal if Someone throws an object from the Rabbim onto it. Chayiv is because it's considered resting on rishes hayachid. And the Mishnah continues. A person threw an object and it was supposed to land within daladamas. When it's goggle, but then it rolled. It doesn't mean that it landed and then rolled. It means that the wind blew it dal-a-damas, outside daladamas. Putter, so he's putter When it's if he threw it and it was supposed to land outside daladamas and then it rolled, meaning it was blown by the wind inside daladamas. Chayev, he's going to be chayev. And the Gemara asks, noch, it never rested. Why is he chayev in the second case of the Mishnah? It never rested outside the four ama point. It Got blown back inside and then rested. It has to be that when the wind blew it, it rested just very slightly on anything on a mashuhu in the Rosh him, and then it quickly got blown back inside, so then he's going to be chayv. We have a brass just like this. A person threw an object outside Haruach, and the wind pushed it, and brought it back inside. Even though now the wind brought it back outside of Dalad Potter is going to be Potter, but Achazasay Haruach Mashu. If the wind held it up a little bit, meaning it kept it stationary in its place for a little bit, that's considered like a Hanocha. Even though the wind then blew it back within four ames, Chayiv is still going to be chayv. Amar Rava now Rava teaches us Halacha. Toich Gimel within three tefachim of the According to the Rabbanon, Tsarch Hanocha Agabe It has to rest on something, and we don't consider it as if it's Lovud, or as if it's kluta, and therefore it's not considered like it's resting in the Roshes We already had a machlekes. We between the Chacham and Rabbi Kiva previously, whether or not we say klut to Kabisha huncha, if something's contained within the airspace of the Rabbim, is it going to be considered like his resting? Rabbi Kiva said yes, and the Chacham said no. Rav is extending the Rabbanon's halacha to even if it's within three tefachim of the Rabbim, it's not considered resting. It actually has to physically rest to be considered like a hanacha. Rashi tells us of an important nafgamina that this would have. A person is not chayiv achatas for doing a malacha B'Shaygeik if mid malacha he remembers that he's not allowed to do this malacha, so now it's not considered a Shaygeik anymore. So let's say a person. An object for Amos and Rabin. But before it lands, he remembers that he's not allowed to do so. So he's not Chayavachatas because he remembered mid Malacha. According to the Chachamim, even though this object is less than three tvachim off the ground, it's not considered resting. Therefore, if he remembers at that point in time, he would not be Chayavachatas. And the Gemara now says, Yosef Maremar was sitting and saying this memorah of Rava over. Amale Ravina Lam Ravina asked Maremar. on the top can't we learn that halacha out of our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said that if a person threw an object, it was supposed to go outside four amais, and then the wind blew back inside, he would be chayiv. Vam on that. Gabi It has to rest on something, meaning, even if an item is within three tvachim of the Rosh rabim, if it doesn't rest on anything, then he's not going to be chayiv. That's the same halacha of Rava. What does Ravah need to teach us a separate halacha for? Amr'alei Marimah responded, Ms. Gagal, you're telling me about a case that it was blown by the wind? Ms. Gagal, ain't so when it's being blown by the wind, it's not going to end up resting in the place where it's currently hovering over. But in the case of Rava, where the person threw the object, since it will rest precisely in the place where it's currently hovering over, even though it hasn't rested yet, you might think it's considered as if there's a hanacha, and the person would be Chayev, and even though he remembered before it actually physically rested, he would still be Chayev Achatas. And until this item comes to a physical rest, it's not considered like it actually Rested. Therefore, if the person remembered mid throw before it rested, he would putter and not be chayvachatas. The Mishnah continues. Hazerik biyam arba amis. A person throws four amis in the sea. Putter, he's going to be putter. The sea is a karmelist. He's not chayv for carrying or transferring an item four amis within the karmelist. It's usur, but he's going to be putter. Let's say we have a shallow pool of water and the roshosurabim passes through it, which means people actually walk through this shallow pool of water. Hazarek lashech dalad amis chayv. A person throws dalad amis and it lands in this pool of water. He's going to be chayv. It's still considered part of the roshosurabim. The rakak How large is this pool of water lad of B? In order to still consider a part of the Rosh Pachas Meisar Tefachim has to be less than ten Tefachim deep. And the Mishnah repeats this halacha again. Boy, and the Gemara says right away. One of Hiloch I understand the Mishnah has to tell me this halacha twice and use the word Hiloch that the Rosh Hashanah is Mehalches They walk through it that teaches me Hiloch that even an inconvenient way of walking is still considered a Hiloch, even though it's inconvenient to. walk Walk through this pool of water. Nonetheless, since people do do so, it's going to be considered part of the Rosh And it also teaches me loish that inconvenient usage of Rosh is not considered part of the Rosh We had this halacha all the way in the beginning of the Masechta that if we have a ditch that's less than 10 tefachim deep, even though a person could technically use it for storing some of his items or whatnot, since it's Tashmish Haideyat Chak, it's a very inconvenient way of using it, it's not considered part of the Rosh That's what we need the Mishnah to tell us, Hiluch, twice to teach us these two separate halachas. Why does Mishnah need to teach me the same exact halacha regarding a shallow pool of water? The second halacha that it taught me could have been regarding something else. So now the Gemara provides us with three answers. We're talking about two pools of water, one during the summer, one during the winter. We need both halachas. If we only learned about one pool of water, I would think. It's only considered part of the Risha rabbim when it's during the summer months. People will step through it to cool themselves off. But if we're dealing with the winter months, a person's not going to walk through a pool of water during the winter, he's going to get cold and wet. And if the Mishnah was telling me only about winter months, since a person's dirty anyway from the wet and muddy roads he's not going to care or mind to walk through this puddle therefore it's going to be part of the Rosh Hashanah but a shallow pool of water on the Rosh Hashanah during the summer is not going to be considered part of the Rosh Hashanah why would anyone want to get himself wet? that's why we had to have two separate cases our second option is a says I might think this is only if the pool of water is not four Amas wide if it's four Amas wide a cup People are going to circumvent it. They're going to walk around it and not walk through it, and it might not be considered part of the Shasurabim. That's why we have to have the second Allah to tell us, even if it's wider than four Amis, it's still part of the Shosur And our third option is Ravashi Yomar, he says, Itzrich, I still need these two cases. think, It's only if it's four Tfachim wide. If it's less than four Tfachim wide, people are going to step over it and they're not going to actually walk through it. And therefore, I might think it's not going to be considered part of the Shosur if it's less than four Tfachim wide. That's why I need the second case to teach us that it will be part of the Shosur Ravashi goes according to his own reasoning, Ravashi has told us somewhere else, Someone threw an object and it rested on the plank of a bridge. We're discussing the plank of a bridge that either wasn't connected to the bridge or it was spaced unevenly in regards to all the other planks of the bridge. A bridge is a Rosh and this fellow throws an object and it rests on this plank. he's going to be Why should bike and Because many people will step on this plank, even though it's uneven or it's not connected to. Nonetheless, people will still step on it, so it's still considered part of Rosh So too, even though we have a puddle of water that's less than four tvachim wide, and many people won't walk through it. However, since many people will walk through it, it's still considered part of the Rosh Rabbim. And the Mishnah continues: min Me'na Yamle Abashu, Someone throws from the sea to the dry land or dry land to the sea. Sfino, min From the sea to a boat or from the boat to the sea. Sfino from one boat to another, Pater is going to be Pater. Why? The sea is considered a caramelist, and he's not Chayef for transport. From a Karmelis to Rushasarabim or to Yachid or, or vice versa. Sphinus, Kshuras, We have ships that are tied to each other, Mitathl and Zulizu. One may be Mitathl from one to another because they're Rushasayachids. And in Einen Kishures, if they're not tied to each other, Ukafis, even though they are very close to each other and their fellow made some sort of Erev in between the ships, Mitathl and, Mithatel and one may not transfer from one to another because if they slowly drift apart, then it turns out that there's a Karmelis in between them. And even though he made an Erev, an Erev cannot be used for a Karmelis. So, therefore, one may not transfer in between them at all if they're not tied to each other. The Gemara says, Itmar, spina a ship. Rav Huna Amr, Rav Huna says, aziz A person could extend a small pole out of it, Umamale, and he can fill up his bucket of water from the body of water that he's traveling on. Rav Chizdur, Rav Huna Amri, they say, makam arba, You have to make a place that's four by four, I meaning you have to make like little walls that are four by four, Tfachim wide, Umamale, and then you could fill your bucket up. From within these 4x4 four four tefach walls. And now we're going to explain these sheetahs. Revhunam Revhunas said, You extend a small pole out of the ship, and then you can fill up your bucket of water. Kasavar, he holds, A karmelis is measured from the seabed, not from sea level, but from seabed. And the airspace above it, meaning 10 tefachim above the seabed and above that, so whether it's water or even air, is considered a makkan And there's no problem of making any sort of transfer from a no makan pitur. Sort of this is nominally bite, and really a person should not need to extend any sort of pole out of his boat in order to take water from the ocean because we're dealing with a spot way above Tent fathoms from the seabed kera the only reason why we need to have this pole is to have some sort of recognition if someone else sees him doing this he might not realize that he's in a place that's 10 fathoms above the seabed and the person might think that he's actually in a carmeless so we have to have this pole so there's a recognition that he is Above ten tfachim, above the seabed, they say, you make this four by four little wall structure. Mali, then you could fill up your bucket of water. they hold You measure the carameless of the sea from above the water, from the edge of the water. Maya the water itself is considered like thick ground, and the entire water is in karmelis. So you have to start counting ten from above the water. And makamar if you don't make a place that's four by four, then. And you're going to be being metatal from a carmelist, from the water itself, into Rishos which is your boat. What does the 4x4 wall help you? You have this little structure that's 4x4 Tfachim, and then we look at these little walls as if they're extending downwards, which means they're going to extend more than 10 Tfachim downwards, and here we have a little Rishos HaYachid, which is being placed directly into the karmelis, and so when you draw water out from this little four by four structure of yours, you're actually carrying from one rishos to another from your little structure into your rishos of your ship, and it's not a problem. And the Gemara further analyzes. Ula Rav Huna, according to Huna, the Amor might say, "He that said you could just extend this little pole out and then fill up your bucket.' Sometimes he might be traveling less than ten tefachim above the seabed for kama tatal and he's going to be actually be carrying from a karmelis. So the answer is, no. A ship doesn't travel in water less than 10 Tfachim deep. We said, Svina, a ship. We didn't say a canoe or a kayak. We said a ship. Ships travel in deep water. So he continues asking, But the boat has a mursha, a protrusion. This is referring to the prow of the ship, which is this long pole extending out the front of the ship. And since that might be over an area that's less than 10 Tfachim above the seabed, and he might be standing on the prow of the ship, collecting water with his bucket. That's going to be an issue, transferring from a karmelos into Rosh Some So Rav Safra, Rav Safra says, No, geshuche We have feelers that go in front of it. These were people that would stand on the prow of the ship and they acted as the depth gauge of the ship. They had these long poles in their hand and they would constantly be feeling to ensure that the ship was not running aground shallow areas. And therefore, neither the boat nor the prow of the boat is going to find itself in an area that's less than 10 Fahim above the seabed. And now we have a question according to the second opinion. According to them, the they said, you have to make a place that's four by four and then you could fill your bucket up. How would they throw out their wastewater? And if you're going to say that they're going to throw their wastewater through this same little contraption as they're drawing water through, that's disgusting. It's repulsive. Imagine wastewater going down a toilet, and then you take clean water out of the toilet after the wastewater went down. Even though the water is clean, at the end of the day, it's still most, it's very repulsive, you're not going to want to do that. The Gemara says, you're right, is that he pours his wastewater out the side of the ship and it runs down the walls. we have an issue of since it's his strength that's causing this wastewater to run down the side of the ship, that's an issue. We see this with the Rishosu that a person's not allowed to pour his wastewater out, even if it's in his Rishos, if because of his k'ach, it's going to run into the Rishosu Arabim. So the Gemara answers, k'ichai they weren't guys this issue of kaycha, his power when we're dealing with the Carmelists since it's an indirect way of transfer so it's not going to be an issue with the Carmelists and the Gemara says we're not Tamra how do we know this? Titania we have a Brisa Sfina a boat in Metaltol one may not be Metaltol from it into the sea or from the sea into it Kofa alaf <laughs> on the top Rabbi Yudai, Rabbi Huda says Amuka Asara the inner depth of the ship meaning the actual hollow part of the ship is 10 Tfachim deep so therefore it's a a but it's not 10 Tfachim above the sea level so you're allowed to be metalal from the boat into the sea, but not from the sea into it. And we ask, why are you not allowed to be metalal from the sea into it to come metalal with Because you're being metalal from a karmelus to the sea into a rishus the boat. So metalal yam nami, there should be an issue to be metalal from it into the sea, come metalal rishus ayachid with You're being metalal from rishus ayachid into karmelus. El alav, it must be achudah that you're pouring something down the rim of the boat. We learn from here, koyche be like Gezu, they weren't geyser when it came to the issue of Kayach, his power, creating a transfer, and he's not directly creating the transfer when this is being done in a car from a boat into the sea. So then they weren't geyser. Shema Everyone should have a wonderful day.